Hey everyone, welcome back to Adherent Apologetics. As always, we're brought to you by you with your support on patreon.com slash Adherent Apologetics. Today, I'm joined by Nicole. She's going to be talking about her story, um, how God's used her coming from like an atheistic, humanistic background into Christianity as part of a week where we're highlighting stories of people who have come back to faith um, from like atheism and agnosticism and such. So Nicole, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing good. I'm good. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today. I'm really pumped um, to have you on just to kind of share your story um, coming from like an atheistic framework into Christianity. But before that, like if people were curious, like who you are and like, who's this, like who, who's this Nicole person that's on here in Apologetics? Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself? I'm nobody. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a wife. I'm a wannabe homemaker. Um, I also am an artist, and on the side, I make coffee. It sounds fun, fun, <laughs> fun. So, so artist, who's your favorite? I'm curious, who's your favorite artist? If you, if you're, oh, artist? that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> I used to love Alphonse Mucha a lot. Still like that work, but I wouldn't call him my uh, my favorite. I don't know. That's hard. There's lots of them. <laughs> there are a lot of artists out there. Um, but for now, um, I'm curious just if you could just to start off just to walk through a little bit of like your testimony, kind of like maybe starting with your background and kind of your beliefs and how your beliefs have kind of changed over time to now. Uh, praise God, you're a follower of Christ. So you have as much time as you want. But whenever you're ready, if you could just kind of like share your story to start off this conversation, um, be very grateful. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So it was, it's a slow buildup. I, I hear like a lot of people have like a moment that they have, but um, I actually started off as Christian in my childhood. Uh, my mother was Christian, but we, we didn't grow up like studying the Bible. It was more just like he was there, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was probably about, I was 12, I think when my grandmother kind of got involved and uh, we picked a church nearby uh, we got baptized. It was a Baptist church in Alabama. And um, she bought me a real Bible because before that I had had this like little picture Bible that you can actually still buy on Amazon. Mm. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's so iconic. It's like, uh, anyway, that's the thing I would actually take to church, like mm. <laughs> to youth group. And yeah. I know the other kids were probably like, wow, you, you are nuts. What are you doing? Um, but I didn't know any better. So I did that until my grandmother gave me a real Bible. And um, we just kind of attended church sporadically after that. My dad was agnostic atheist. So I feel like that was probably why my mom wasn't super hard on it. Like she kind of mm -hmm. pulled back a little bit. Um, so from 13 to around age 18, I was basically a like... I was Christian in emotion and guilt only. I really didn't know the word that well. I rarely read my Bible. Um, and I basically just, I was the person to rededicate herself every time she went back to church. Mm, yeah. Like they'd be like, oh, you've fallen away. You know, you've fallen away. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I did. Please forgive me, Lord. Mm. Like here I am again. But I was, I always had this issue of, I'm sinning and I can't stop sinning, you know? So God is eternally angry at me. Nobody explained to me how Jesus like died for my sins. Mm. I mean, I heard that, but I didn't understand it. Mm. So at about 19 years old, I met uh, my, an ex and he was Catholic atheist, mm. um, Catholic, but he, he, he was the first person to really challenge my beliefs. Mm. Um, I had also been on the internet before then too, and had heard people have like questions and stuff, but I never really delved into it until him. Like he really challenged me and like we would have debates and I just didn't have answers for him. A lot of the time I was like, oh, I just have faith in that. Or I know you're wrong, but I can't explain to you why, you know? Yeah. Um, and then after him, I actually started looking things up on the internet for some reason. I'm not sure. I don't think Google existed yet. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I remember going online to look up some answers so I could actually answer him properly. And I got the opposite. I was finding like atheist web pages and blog posts mm -hmm. and comics. 
and some of them made like what seemed to be sense to me just because I didn't know the word and didn't know how to like protect myself against those things mm. or answer, you know, those questions myself. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so logical. Uh, Bertrand Russell was someone I was like, oh my gosh, have you ever heard of the, the yeah. teapot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that's old news for a lot of Christians probably who are like into apologetics. But like, I saw that and was just like, oh, that makes so much sense. And that probably started my role to like atheism, essentially. Mm-hmm. I got really angry. I got really upset because I thought I'd been tricked because all this time I'm spending feeling guilty and upset and angry. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm like, people told me I was going to hell. Mm. And uh, I was, I was traumatized. Basically, Mm. I I convinced myself that I was traumatized. I was like, I was so angry. Mm. And from then on, I started kind of fighting for atheism Mm. until I got less angry. I must have been in my mid 20s. You're back back now, though. (laughs) It's all good. I must have been in my mid 20s when I started getting a lot less angry. And I chose, I saw an article in like Skeptic Magazine, I think. Mm. Um, I can't remember what his name was. Gore Vidal, that was his name. Um, He's apparently like, I think he was a senator. Wow, I'm really showing my knowledge here. But he was also a famous humanist. And he made his case for humanism in this article. I read it and was like, oh, wow, that, wow, yeah, this is me. Like, I don't need God for these things. Like, I care about humans and I, I want to show how, like, moral I am and, like, all that other stuff. And also, I'm a skeptic. So, humanist sounds great because atheist sounds too angry. Mm. Um, so, I chose that label and kept going with that um, until... Man, what happened to me? I guess I started, I moved to here to Seattle from Alabama about almost seven years ago now. Mm. And when I first got here, I was super liberal, um, slightly feminist, I think. Um, And I had learned a lot of the stuff from the same websites that I'd learned atheism from also. Mm. I was like, uh, I don't know if you know who Skeptic is. I'm not aware. Okay, so back in the day when I was first into atheism, like I found this girl named Skeptic. She's still around, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like, oh my gosh, she was like, oh wow, a girl nerd on the internet talking about atheism. Um, why did I bring her up? Now I can't remember why I brought her up. Um, <laughs> you talking about how you came back to see you came to Seattle. Um, okay, yeah, the, she was she was also a feminist, so like I kind of like delved into that world. And like they merged. But when I came here to Seattle, stuff started not making sense. Um, I came from Alabama from a fairly liberal town there too. It was like a pretty blue part of the state. Um, And we were kind of isolated from all the red parts of the state, even though the entire state's basically like, it's like a purple belt kind of, but the rest Mm -hmm. of it's red. So like I came here to this city and this is city super liberal. I was just seeing this, I was seeing problems right when I left Alabama. Um, and I saw more problems up here. I was like, these things aren't working. Mm. Um, I don't know why these things aren't working, but they aren't. So I was curious, like my parents instilled the sense of curiosity in me since I was a child. And I feel like that's why I have kept looking for truth this entire time, Mm. just because I am just so ravenous for someone to tell me something that makes logical sense. Mm. And, um, I kept finding things that I thought made sense based on my intelligent or knowledge at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them was like, I was liberal until I kind of started understanding differently. I was like, Oh wait, I think I line up a little bit more with conservatism mm. better. And also I heard, I heard uh, an argument on um, was first I got into Thomas Sowell, who's like an economist Mm-hmm. And then Milton Friedman, they were like famous economists back from the 60s. And all of these things were making sense to me. And suddenly I was changing my tune on a lot of things. Um, I actually heard a pro-life argument because at the time I was pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a pro-life argument and I was just like floored. I was like, wait a second, this makes sense to me too now. I don't mm-hmm. know why this didn't make sense before, yeah. but 
I think a loss of response or not wanting responsibility before also kind of goes, I shouldn't be like that. I was going to say goes with liberalism, but mm -hmm. I shouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I heard I was pro-life before I even jumped back into Christianity, mm -hmm. and which is strange for me to think back on. But um, man, um, so all of this came and then I finally heard a thing that Ben Shapiro was saying. He was like, so if we're all created in the image of God, then we are truly equal. Like that's the only way that we're equal. If you really think we came from star stardust and evolved from goo, like there's so many chances that we could, if not, if, and I know some people are gonna be like, evolution doesn't work that way. Mm. And I understand, I don't understand evolution fully, but like eventually we would converge at some point if we are not, if we're all evolved from just goo. It just seems to make sense that a God would have, anyway, that's the first thing that made me question was like, oh my gosh, that actually makes logical sense to me. And let me, let me kind of look more into this. And then a guy on Instagram who does silly conservative comics uh, was talking about morality. And he started mentioning objective morality. And I had never heard this before, I guess. Yeah, I had never heard it put that way before. I was like, objective morality and morality just is, it just is there. We just understand it, right? But he made these amazing arguments. And I was just like, where is he getting this from? So I messaged him and he was like, uh, you should look up William Lane Craig. Mm. And I was like, okay, I think I'll do that. So I looked that up and he was debating Christopher Hitchens of all people. <laughs> so I was listening to what he was saying and some of it was a little over my head, but other things were just clicking. And from then it was just kind of a steamroll. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep listening to these podcasts. It's just like back in my younger days where I'm like looking up all of this information to understand atheism and why I shouldn't believe in Christianity anymore. And it was just the complete opposite, except everything really made sense and nothing left like little empty gaps anymore. Cause before I was just kind of like uh, filling them in myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. But now I had like answers to pretty much everything. And um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Around Easter of this year, oh, my cat's meowing. Um, around Easter of this year, it was like the beginning of COVID, I think, or at least the lockdowns. I went to a service and I just heard the most beautiful homily I've ever heard about Jesus and how he sacrificed for us and how like there, there's nothing we can do to get salvation, he gives it to us mm. as a free gift. And that just touched me so deeply. And I was just on my knees, there, mm. there it was. And from then on, I've just been trying to read and study. I'm terrible memorization, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, it's been a journey. It has been a long journey. Mm. Yeah, um, is there anything else you wanted to say before? Did I cut you off? Uh, no, time? no, I think that's okay. about it. Awesome. Well, um, thank you for sharing. I'm curious, um, just to start off, uh, you talk about kind of like, well, first off, um, being an atheist can mean different things to different people. Some would take a more stronger form where there is no God. Some would say it's more of just like an absence of belief or something. Like when you were an atheist, what did you kind of, like what kind of like camp, so to speak, did you fall into regarding like the question of what it meant to be an atheist? Mm. I was completely godless. Like there was no God anymore. Mm. I was like, we don't need that. Like, wh why did I ever believe that? I, I pretty much just was the antithesis of Christian at that mm. point. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm curious because my next question is what kind of you talk about um, maybe questioning evolution and then looking into this idea of like objective morality, which led you to, to like William Lane Craig. Like what kind of was that process looking like um, from being like maybe like more of a stronger atheist, believing that like there was no God, nothing like God, um, to now obviously being like a Christian theist, believing in like an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving being. Like what kind of was like that process um, of from like total non-belief to like belief um, in God? It was, I feel like it was a frog in the boiling pot type situation. It was like a lot of, it was a slow roll. Um, I was angry first and looking for answers. And then I softened 
just like as I grew a little bit older, I, I'm, I've always loved people. So like that just kind of helped me. I was like, what, if I'm going to be an accepting humanist or a person who loves other people, am I going to be intolerant of other people's views too? Mm. So I kind of just accepted also religion again. I was like, people can be good and religious. Those are two, you know, you can be synonymous. And then just like, yeah, so I went from angry to calming down to slowly being accepting. And then I heard that, like, the Ben Shapiro line was like, we can't be created equal unless we're created by a God in his image. And I was like, oh, my gosh, mm. that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was gradual. It was it was I feel like I was really hot, then cooled off. So mm. Mm. if someone asks you today, like, um, like, why believe in God? Um, you talk about like the Ben Shapiro and this line and like objective morality in a sense, like, would you go further? Like why believe in God? Um, like what kind of the reasons that lead you to now believe that God really does in fact exist? Be <laughs> I feel like anything I say is not going to be good enough for maybe an atheist or agnostic. doesn't um, have to be. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, it just, it makes logical sense to me on one hand an emotional sense to me on another. Mm, yeah. um, man, I had this actually, wait a second. I had this succinctly written down. <laughs> I'm, for, I'm forgetting everything. It's oh, here good. we go. Um, let's see. I mean, I've had, I've had experiences since coming back. Actually, I had experiences during my time away that I can look back on and realize I was being looked after. Mm. Like, I just, I can feel it. And in addition to the word, just being the living word, just looking at the word is enough for me too. It's like, oh my gosh, like I feel all of this. All of this is just, it, it seems like the truth to me. Mm. I don't know. I mean, mm. I have never felt so complete and satisfied as I do now. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of good points you bring up. Like, I do think, um, like, you know, the more, like, philosophical proofs are really helpful. Like, I think there's really strong arguments where, um, you know, cosmological fine-tuning, you know, all that stuff. But mm -hmm. I think also I've been reading um, John Calvin recently, and he talks about just kind of, like, the providence of God. And, I mean, you don't even have to accept Calvinism to really agree with his point here. And it's like when you look at, like, how the world has just kind of progressed as a whole, and you can just, you can just kind of see God through that. Um, mm. You can just see God through how the world has just continued on. Um, I can see some way things kind of from what you're saying. I'm curious, um, you talk about like as an atheist, you said you were like mad at God, um, so to speak. I don't want to frame all atheists here. Um, it's just saying, oh, you guys are all just mad at God because that's obviously not true. I may be true for some, but I don't think that's true for everyone. But like, what did that mean to like kind of like, do you be like mad at God? And like, how did you kind of progress like from this like anger at God um, in your atheism? I would have said at, at that point, I was not angry at God. I was angry at people around me for having told me these, these tall tales mm -hmm. and scaring me um, into, because a lot of my church going experience was fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. um, when I did go to church, um, it was, I just didn't understand what they were trying to tell me. And a lot of the time it's like, you're a sinner. You're going to hell if you don't, you know, repent essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wasn't mad at God. I was mad at the people around me a lot, like for, but I couldn't pinpoint any one person. And I wasn't mad at my mother. Of course, she didn't force anything into me. When I told her I didn't want to be going to church anymore, she was, she was okay with that. She's like, what's well, your decision? Mm. Um, so maybe that's why I wasn't mad at her necessarily, but I was, I was angry at the church, I think. Mm. So, um, I think we see this a lot in kind of like former Christians is there's a lot I, I've seen, especially online, a lot of people who uh, leave Christianity. It's often from like a certain like very fundament, fundamentalist like area where it's like you have like these exact like theological doctrines and these are the right ways and like the amillennialists or the old earth creationists and like, you know, all these like kind of like important debates we have, but these things, they're all false. It has to be this way. Um, and I think that leads to a lot of like deconstruction. Was it similar to you? Like in kind of like your upbringing, like it was kind of like 
this is what you have to believe to be a Christian regarding issues that weren't like essential to like what the gospel is? I think it was, yeah. Um, because I didn't really, they didn't teach me the gospel. Mm. It was always like, just don't, you better not sin. So I remember mm. being focused on that. Um, just like, well, I keep sinning. Like, you know, I can't get away from this. Mm. But yeah, it was it was never the doctrine. It was never the gospel that they were preaching to me. It, it Or at least I wasn't hearing it. Maybe I'm being unfair to those people. It could mm. be that I didn't go often enough and I just didn't understand it because I was just not hearing it. Yeah. So um, what was like your understanding of Christianity? Like before uh, you kind of like left and become an atheist as you talked about, like what did you understand? Because obviously Christianity, there's all kinds of like doctrines you can study or look into. Like, Like what was your understanding of Christianity before you like finally decided like you weren't actually a Christian? I knew... Jesus had, had died for my sins, but I didn't fully understand that. I, I didn't get it. And that was like a big issue for me, but I didn't know that at the time. And I knew the 10 commandments basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I also loved revelations. <laughs> I had a, I had this, this dream, not an actual dream, but I had a, a daydream, um, that if I wasn't good enough, by the time the end came that I would martyr myself, that I would be a martyr and then I would be sure to get into heaven then. Mm. And that's how like I promised myself was like, if the end comes, then I will get to heaven. I'll just martyr myself. Like I could just do that on command, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I had no, I had no idea what the real gospel was or I had no understanding. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm curious now, just going forward, I was just kind of going through some of my notes I took as you were kind of sharing your story. You talk about um, kind of being inside this like atheist um, community, so to speak. You were engaging, you know, like different atheists online and things like that as you kind of questioned um, Christianity and such, and you were an atheist. Like, what kind of atheist did you consume? Like, who were you reading? Who were you listening to? Like, things like that. Uh, Christopher Hitchens was someone I rarely heard from. Um, Richard Dawkins was someone I was a little bit into, but I actually used a lot of bloggers online. Skeptic was one. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, Stephen Fry isn't, he wasn't like a super atheist, but he had some arguments a couple times that I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, man, who else was I reading? Um, I just, I read Skeptic Magazine a lot, and a lot of the time they would have something in there, like trying to debunk religion. Mm. But yeah, I wasn't, I mean, it it was mainly like nameless blogs and internet posts and stuff like that. I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. Mm. I don't know who this person is. Do they actually know the Bible? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's something we see on both sides, definitely, in terms of making points. Um, So uh, I'm curious, um, it's really interesting to me because I think a lot of times you'd see someone who would come from like, uh, like a, like a Southern or like a, like a fundamentalist, so to speak background. Um, and they're Christian and then they go to the big city and they lose their faith. Um, Mm -hmm. but it seems like it's almost the opposite, um, in your story, uh, Nicole, you, you, you come, you come from like a more fundamentalist background and you become an atheist there. And then you go into, so you come to Seattle and you become a Christian. So like, what was that like? I'm curious, like, what did, what was different with, like, Christianity in, like, Seattle, like, in the churches you were there versus the churches in, like, Alabama? Like, how was it different? Like, what what made you see the gospel differently um, in your story? Mm. Well, I think God was looking out for me, for one. <laughs> like, that was number one right there. He was like, all right, it's happening. Um <sighs> Man, I don't know. I, I think I was a lot less... Um, I was a lot less learned back in Alabama. Mm. I just didn't, I was kind of okay with just going along with what other people were doing. Mm. Um, Even though I was searching for answers for myself, I was also kind of like a, I don't know, I just didn't want to make waves. So I would keep Mm. to myself a lot. And I just, when I went to church, I was kind of quiet and just like sat by myself. and, um, And then when I came to Seattle, I was more, I was a little bit more open. I started like actually, I don't know, becoming more open with people and talking with people. And I actually, apologetics did it 
Like that was what did it. It was like, I didn't even know about apologetics until I came here to Seattle. I was probably about four, three years ago. Wait, was it three years ago? No, 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 no. Because I became Christian at the beginning of, the, of this year. I must have, uh, it was probably a few months before that, that I found apologetics. Mm. Um, so I didn't know anything about this. And then when I actually saw the answers to the questions that I had way back, mm. um, suddenly things were clear. I was like, I didn't know there were answers to these questions in the first place. I thought they were all answered. I think a lot of the time, I don't know if this is the same with you. Um, I'm 37, um, almost 37. When I was first on the internet, I didn't, I didn't think people would lie on the internet. Mm, yeah. I don't know why, but I thought everything was trustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually tended to have that like with me. I was like, why would these people lie though? Or they must know what they're talking about. They're on their website, you know, mm, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I never went back to challenge those things again until I was here in Seattle. So I mm. kind of just was stagnant doing my own thing, enjoying my worldly desires, uh, in Alabama. And then when I came to Seattle, I was just challenged a lot by things I was seeing around me. And then also by things that I started listening to a centrist podcast because I was, I don't know why I started listening to it, but I did. And um, I was hearing things I'd never heard before. And that's like kind of what started me on like this journey to conservatism, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then I found apologetics like last, I guess, last year. Yeah. Mm or the beginning of this year. I can't remember anymore. Man, it's, it's, it's felt so long. This COVID thing is completely like. Yeah, killed. COVID is definitely making everything seem like forever ago. <laughs> yes. It's like, when did the lockdown start? It feels like that was like years ago now. Right. Um, I think you're so right, though. I think it's something important to bring up that we see is just the idea that we can't trust everything we read or listen to on the internet. Like, I think it's so important as um, whether you're a Christian or an atheist listening to this, like, it's don't just listen to like what I would say or someone else would say, look at like what the sources say, look at, um, if you, if you want to look at like arguments for God or such, look at the argument themselves. Don't listen to what people actually ha say about them first. Look at that. You have to look at things, examine things for yourself and really mm -hmm. come to your conclusions. Um, I'm really curious. You talk about like this idea of like being exposed to more, um, apologetics and such like who were you like listening to and reading to from like the christian persuasion in terms of like apologetics during your journey william lane craig was the first and somehow i found Alyssa childers mm. Alyssa childers really like i just ate her stuff up mm. um recently i've been listening to just thinking podcast mm. um just thinking is pretty great mm. um who is that? I guess Alyssa Childers and William Lane Craig were the first ones, though. Then I started listening to Greg Kokel. Mm, yeah. um, I actually bought his book uh, or the book Tactics yeah. because I was like, how do I how do I share my faith? Because I don't think I'm the type of person that's like, do you know who Ray Comfort is? Yeah, I do know Ray Comfort. I love that guy. I wish I could meet him. But he, I don't think I have the level of, of courage <laughs> at this point in time that Ray Comfort yeah. does. And uh I was like, Greg Kugel's book might help me out, but, um, mm. oh, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on any, oh, uh, oh my goodness, not Stan Teresa, that's Greg, uh, cross, cross-examined, cross-examined, mm -hmm. yes, yes, Frank Turek, yeah, yes, Frank Turek is amazing, I love his stuff as well, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like all of this, like, uh, when I heard them saying, look this up yourself, like, look these things. you don't don't rely on me like hear what i'm saying sure but then go look this stuff up yourself i was like how could i how could that be wrong i don't know it's yeah. like yeah 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 um i'm curious like you talk about just like this journey um becoming a christian obviously like you're just a, a few months into it even though covid seems like forever ago i guess mm -hmm. easter would have been in april and that's about seven months ago like um since becoming a christian like how have you seen your life um, change? Like, what is like it? What is things? Have things been different since like you've become a Christian? Mm. I have. I have felt. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot less argumentative with my mm. husband. Mm. <laughs> I feel so much, uh, so much more forgiveness and grace than I ever have. Just like 
just knowing that I'm forgiven and loved, mm -hmm. like feeling that I'm able to like give that I'm not perfect at it 100%. Mm -hmm. But I feel way more of it than I ever have. Um, and I'm getting it back that that's one of the other things It's like I see that back to me. And I'm just like, that that's one proof for me. Mm. Um, less worry. Like, since really, I, I've been meditating on God's sovereignty, like lately. And just that has been such a comfort, especially mm. around this time, this election time. Yeah. Um, God's sovereignty, just so important. I was like, oh my gosh, I could, this is, this is your, you know, your plan, God, like, you know, mm. um, so a lot less worry, a lot more forgiveness, um, a lot less anxiety about other people liking me. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, I've had some issues at work recently. Like I kind of came out, I, I did come out as pro-life on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, so some people at work saw that and were not happy with me. Um, but I've been gentle and kind to them. So I'll, I'm, but like, usually what I would do is like, feel really crappy and like, I don't know, like, I don't know, be sad at work or something, but mm -hmm. I've been able to go into work and just be like, this is, this is me. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I feel confident in this knowledge and knowing that I'm right. Like this is right, you know, mm. and I just have to be here for these people in a, in a Christian capacity so they can see that I'm not trying to be self-righteous. I'm not trying to like hurt anybody or, or judge anybody, you know, anyway, that, those are some of the things that I've, I've felt differently. Mm. Um, one last thing, and we'll go to a few more questions. And then if anyone listening has live questions, we should tackle a few of those on the way out. Uh, what are you reading and studying now? You talked at the end about just kind of like, kind of like diving into your faith more and kind of looking at like, some like what Christians are saying and writing and such, like what kind of are you looking at now in terms of like your reading and your studying and like understanding Christianity more? Mm. Um, I, I've been lacking in this, but C.S. Lewis was one of the first ones mm. and he really was making a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, I got to, I actually saw those doodles on YouTube. It was like C.S. Lewis doodles mm. and they go through and doodle his, uh, his radio program that, that was on the BBC, I think. Um, and it's great to see it visually and also hear like the words well at the same time. Um, and then I uh, actually bought the book, Mere Christianity, mm. and started reading through that. I want the whole series, but I've only bought that one book so far. Yeah. I feel like um, I should probably, R.C. Sproul um, is somebody that I would like to, to read. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what is that? Oh my goodness. John Lennox. John Lennox mm. is amazing. I don't know if he has a, I think he just came out with a book. I think so. Mm -hmm. But he's, he, he's super interesting to me as well. I'd like to read his stuff. I, I don't know. I'd actually like some recommendations <laughs> on what yeah. I should read. Well, Kyle listening says, um, Richard Swinburne, Trent Dougherty, and Greg Boyd. So, all kinds of great authors there. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> there's so much one thing I've learned is I've kind of like looked into like philosophy and theology and apologetics, like all these big questions is there's so much material out there. Like it take a lifetime to just kind just, just scratch the surface of how much there is in the literature from like Christians. Um, mm. So it's just amazing how much there really is out there um, just on like every topic. So I'm curious now, uh, we'll go to a few more questions before we start to wrap things up here. Like, why be a Christian? Um, coming from a former atheist, there may be like atheists listening. It's no pressure. It's not your job to like <laughs> convince them that Christianity is true. But like for someone that's like an atheist, like why should they be a Christian, um, Nicole? Yeah. Mm, why should we be Christian? I had this written down very well too. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Okay. Oh, I had said the first thing I wrote was because Jesus lives. It's like I mean, maybe... that's a pretty good reason to be a Christian because it's true, you know. <laughs> but maybe that's not good enough for some people. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm I'm Christian because it makes the most sense to me. And I, I feel, I mean, I see that it's true, not just that I feel that it's true. Mm -hmm. I'm loved, I'm forgiven, and I'm changed. I, I can see that, him working in me. Mm -hmm. That's proof for me. Um, I actually... Have you ever, of course, you've, you've probably heard of Pascal's Wager. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if nobody else has heard of Pascal's Wager, like, 
it's it's not a great reason, but like I feel like agnostic or atheist might have never heard it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like you believe in God, and if He is real, then you get a, eternity with Him. If He's not real, then nothing happens. You've lived a life, like hopefully a, a good life, you know, and like nothing happens. But if you don't believe in God and He is real, you get eternal damnation. If he's not real, like you, nothing happens either, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the bigger price there? What's what's the higher price you're paying? It's like, and the first one, you you have to give up some of your desires, you know, some of your earthly desires. But like a lot of those aren't good for us anyway. Um, a lot of this don't don't edify us, not even in a Christian manner, but as you know, good humans, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want to separate yourself from God in some way. But. Um, uh, Man, what, what else? Um, no, oh, that I'm so glad I I read this. Okay, so no other religion offers a God that has sent Himself down and offered Himself as a sacrifice to save, like us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's no other God. Like the first time I heard that, I was like, oh my, is that true? And I'm I'm looking that up. I'm like, this is true. Like our God is the only God that says. You're sinners, and I'm the only one that can save you, so I'm going to do that for you. Here we go. You don't have to do any crazy works, anything like that. All you have to do is, like, accept my gift and believe in me, you know? That mm-hmm. that right there to me was, like, why I should believe in God. Mm-hmm. Like, that's special. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting in Christianity that we have um, a person, not just a religion. Yeah, um, I- yeah, go ahead, that's, go ahead. Th- that's so, like, that was what was in that homily, too. It's like, he came down as human to to help us understand and to also give us himself. Like, that that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is beautiful, um, the Christian message. Um, how can we reach others? Um, I think it's interesting because it seems like you're a great person to ask this question. Um, you, you've been in... It's a very conservative parts of America, some very liberal parts, uh, a Christian, an atheist. Like, how can we reach others with the gospel? Like, from your perspective, like, what do you think, um, like, what can we do? I think what you're doing is pretty great. <laughs> like, that is a good, yeah, you've got so many videos. You're doing so great. Uh, um, I mean, that's, like, YouTube is, or at least the internet in general, like, I feel mm-hmm. like is a great way to reach out. Although, like, Maybe arguing with people on social media is not so great. That's, <laughs> you can never <laughs> can tell. Be, uh, you know, some people are just there. I don't know. That is true. That is actually how I learned about objective morality. So mm. thank God that that was there. Um, God can use anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, YouTube, I make a comic and I use Instagram. Uh, I would like to actually print this comic or make a book and actually uh, publish it and send mm. it like physical copies out. Um, you know, those chick tracks, chicks. Tracks? I do not. You don't. Oh my gosh. I'm so old. <laughs> so no, I'm, gonna... I'm just really young. So don't, don't feel old. Don't feel old. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link to this, but there's these old booklets and I don't know what, when they're from maybe the seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, uh, he's a really great artist. Actually. He starts like, he does these little moral stories, essentially. It's like, you're going to hell if you do this, you know, that, that, and that, but it, they're little booklets and they have like uh, scripture in them and stuff like that. They would print them out or Xerox them and just send them all over the place. And I kind of want to do, I want to copy that except with apologetics. Mm, I want to yeah. do that and like send them out and like, I don't know, see how many people we can reach. Huh. Uh, po- podcasts are great. They seem really great. Although I never know how to like, I, I've actually recently shared a podcast with a friend. It's been so easy to just kind of like send a link and be like, Hey, I wonder what you think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's chat about it. Yeah. I think it's a really great way to, and then obviously pray, like mm. pray and read scripture and like, and ask God for help mm. for that kind of stuff, you know, and then be part of, well, COVID's kind of makes this hard, but pe- be part of a local church if you mm. can, you know, yeah. maybe meet some people that have the same, like, I mean, that is preaching the gospel. Goodness, in Seattle, it's kind of hard to find that, but mm. there are a few, so. Yeah. 
Um, one last question here, and we'll get a little bit of live Q&A uh, for the rest of the time. Um, why do you think apologetics is so important? Obviously, apologetics played a big role in your story and mm -hmm. others, but like uh, for someone who thinks it's not important, like what would you say? Why do you think apologetics is such a uh, big deal? I would ask them why they think it's not important. Mm. Like, why, what, what is so lacking about it to them? That's what I would ask them. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's, it's logic. It's, uh, first of all, it's biblical. Like, it's mm. in the Bible. Yeah. Um, and, oh, man, what, what did I write down here? Um, it's actually exactly what I was trying to do as an atheist, too. Mm. I was trying yeah. to find logic and meaning in my life. And I thought I found those things, like, based on my lacking knowledge. But apologetics brought me back with more knowledge, with better knowledge. Mm, like, yeah. that is true, you know. And that's so important. And it's so, it shouldn't be threatening to an agnostic or an atheist. Like, if you're so sound in your beliefs, then why, I mean, why not just entertain these things and look mm. into them? Because you want to you wanna know things from all sides, right? Yeah. Especially if they make logical sense. You're not going to entertain everything. But if something comes to you and it's a good question, you should try and answer that question. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, apologetics is so important just because it's trying to find answers. You know, yeah. and we should all be doing that. Yeah. I think it's so important just to search for truth. Um, we'll go to a little bit of questions here. There's a few questions here. And if you guys have any more, we'll probably be able to fit a few more in. Um, from Kyle, he says, um, what are you engaged on from like the atheist, non-theist um, side to like try to understand what they believe? Like, who do you engage Ooh, with? Who do I engage with? I actually have a couple people at work that I chat with about mm -hmm. this. There, There is one atheist who I've had a couple conversations about objective morality with. Um, my husband's also an atheist mm -hmm. or at least agnostic. He's agnostic. Uh, he and I don't really chat about that kind of stuff because it's a, a sore subject, but, mm. um, I mean, I was an atheist, so I feel like I have a good sense of what, well, what I believed. I can't say what all atheists, uh, believed, mm -hmm. but I, I like really delved into, I liked Richard Dawkins a lot just because what, I mean, like he, he was using the whole like selfish gene evolution type deal. I was like, oh, science, that makes sense, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess I just, I do try to talk to people that aren't, or aren't theist or aren't uh, Christian, just because I like to hear what they have to say. But I feel like I have a good, a good, like a, a good handle on what an atheist is, because I was one. <laughs> Um, another question here um, from Plantigas Bulldog that says, um, what has the spirit done in your life? Um, what's the difference before and after? You shared a little bit uh, about this beforehand, um, or not beforehand, but a little bit earlier, but like um, in case someone missed it or maybe if you want to add something, like what has the spirit done in your life? I was, I mean, I was basically a heathen. I thought I was a good person. I really thought I was a good person. And I thought the things that I was doing in my life were were good and like enough, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, I also was just doing a bunch of stuff that was not good for me at all, emotionally and physically also. Um, I mean, if, if I got a little bit personal, I guess, I mean, I was, I was smoking weed for a good amount of time and I was also kind of delving into the other side. Like I wasn't, before I met my husband, I kind of, I came out as bisexual and I met a woman and just looking back on that, I just know I was so lost, <laughs> just so lost. And so I just was not fulfilled at all. And I was trying to find it in all of these things, all of these worldly things. But now that I found Christ, like I just feel so fulfilled mm -hmm. in him. Like nothing, none of that stuff, I, I can see it and I was so empty. It just wouldn't have ever filled me up. Mm -hmm. Uh, another question here from uh, Halifax Muller, which would say, um, how do you have to say about the idea of Christianity versus um, being politically correct? Mm. What do you have to say about Christianity versus being politically PC? I don't like PC, if, that, if that's an answer. I don't like being PC. I do like being uh, respectful, mm, yeah. but I don't think being politically correct is is beneficial i think a lot of the time it ends up censoring us mm. um but christianity versus being 
What do you, what do you think that means? I don't know exactly. I was thinking about that. Um, I think that it's almost like people think it's like if you're a Christian, you're not political correct. You're not politically correct, and if you're politically correct, you're not Christian. It's almost like it's these two are like competing against each other. Almost. I see. I know a lot of PC or people who call themselves Christians uh, who are PC. So, and I, I, d I just don't. I don't like being politically correct. I'll just, I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Um, another question here from Kyle, which is, uh, was there a particular argument that moved you from theism, um, from atheism? Maybe if there was like, like, a, like one particular thing that really moved you, what would have that been, Nicole? I think it was that um, he came down as human. He sent himself, his son down in human form. And then his son took on all of our sin so that we could have everlasting life with him. I think that was the most moving thing. I mean, before that, it was the whole, like, we are all created in God's image. That was, like, the moment that I started thinking about it a little bit, but that mm. the Jesus coming down for us was, like, the most moving for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, probably maybe the last question here, a really um, good question here from Benjamin. He says, um, how do you navigate an interfaith marriage? Um, no easy question here. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. a great question. Uh, at first it was hard because he was completely against it. He was also in the faith at one point. Um, he actually taught Sunday school, all this other stuff. And uh, he had a, a bad a bad experience. Um, and uh, he left the church and was against it. So when we met, I was not Christian at all. And he didn't expect that. So at the beginning of this year when I told him, at this point he had kind of softened but still was very not, he wasn't happy with it. Mm. And it, it has been hard. It has been, or it was hard. It, it was hard for the first few months because he felt betrayed. He felt left. He felt like I was, I was leaving him for something else. Mm. And I just had to, I had to trust God. I had to pray about it. Um, and I had to trust him also. Like he, he's, like going through this thing, suddenly his wife is Christian and he's not, and he's left this, you know? So I had to trust him. I had to trust God. And like over time, we've just, we've had gentle conversations with one another and I've just made myself, I've, I've made myself clear to him that I love him very much and that I also love God and God is the mm -hmm. most important thing in this world. And that he he could, I mean, this is <laughs> probably during one of our arguments. So I was like, you you are a, a circle peg. God is like the all peg. It's like you could never fit in that hole anyway. So it's like God, God is the only thing that could have ever filled up that hole. Just like my mother or father, you couldn't ever take their place either. You could never, I mean, God could never, you know. You couldn't take God's place. Mm. Like it was never, I'm sorry, no contest. <laughs> that wasn't very nice. But um, yeah, we've, it's gotten gentler over time. And I think God's grace is showing through me to him. Mm. And I've obviously I've been changing also, because in the beginning, I was a little bit hostile also to him. Mm. It was like, I can't believe he won't accept me, you know, like, I would cry instead of actually like being a little bit stronger and just accepting his upset, you know. Mm. And just over time, I think that has come through. I've also stepped it up in the home and I just I feel like I, he's trusting me more just mm. based on us living but yeah um leaning on friends is also really helpful you know mm. but as long as you love and trust one another you can work you can work through that mm. um one more question here probably from Brenda uh, which is how is um he came down an argument you know maybe like a skeptic listening would be wondering like um you know it sounds like a cool story or it's a story but that's not an argument that's not proof that God mm. exists or uh, it's not an argument, something like that. So, like, what would you, how would you kind of like respond to something along these lines? Mm. Well, there's scripture on this that Paul talks about. Man, what is? I actually wrote this down. Um, and he talks about. Yes, no, it's not Paul. It's Peter. No, it is Paul. <laughs> Man, no, it's, it, was, it was Paul. It was Paul. It was totally Paul. Um, can I can can I read the scripture? Yeah, yeah. If, you're, of course, you like to read the Bible in a Christian. Okay, history. all right. Yeah. So it says, "Now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, 
How can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is without foundation, and so is your faith. In addition, we have found to be false witnesses about God, because we have testified about God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Therefore, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have placed our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. Um, and the guy who was reading this, by pointing out this vulnerability, Paul was really pointing out the strength of Christianity. So convinced was he of the his, his oh my gosh, histocracy? of verifi- Thank you. Mm-hmm. And verifiability of the resurrection, the event that confirmed the claims of Jesus, that he pointed out how to prove it false, almost as a challenge. Uh, Christian claims can be investigated and tested. This challenge has no parallel in other religions. No other sacred text shows how to destroy its own claims. Mm. So like he came down, like that's the whole foundation of our religion and the Bible. If you read the Bible, the whole Bible is an argument for that. But I mean, like specifically the resurrection, like looking through that, it's like these men died to died believing that this happened. Like you don't, you don't die as a martyr for something you don't know has happened. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like that. That's why it's an argument for me. It's like, it, it's, it's provable. It, it seems like proof to me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's very true. And Christianity hang, hangs on a historical claim. Um, Nicole, we've done so much here in these like uh, 50 minutes. I'm curious, like, is there any kind of like last thoughts you want to bring up? Anything you didn't get to say before we start to wrap things up here? I think that was, that was it. A lot of rambling from me, but like, <laughs> I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me on. No, I appreciate you um, so much for just sharing your story, being very candid. Um, it's amazing just your story and how God has used you, Nicole. Um, I'm just, yeah, I just want to say thank you again for coming on to the show today and sharing your story. Uh, I encourage uh, skeptics listening just to be skeptical of skepticism and think about these mm-hmm. things because if people like um, Nicole can come to faith, I think you can too. Um, so praise God for Nicole's story. Praise God. Um, Praise God. And I want to thank everyone for listening. As always, this is it here in Apologetics. If you're new here, I encourage you to subscribe. You can leave a like or a review if you're listening via podcast. And you can support us on Patreon if you enjoy the show. Uh, we're about 80% funded. So appreciate everyone's support. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much again for sharing your story. I really appreciate your time and just your, your candidacy. That's not a word. Uh, your honesty. <laughs> um, just thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you so much, Zach. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you have a good evening. God bless.